0: The Holy Gospel according to the first chapter of Mark. Hear now the good news. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time has been fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Reach pent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, And I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boats mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The Gospel of our Lord. Please pray with me. Come, Holy Spirit, come, stir within our hearts that we might hear and respond to your word for us this day. Amen. Here we are together, a new year, a new gospel, at the beginning of the gospel of Mark. A quick recap of what's happened in the first 13 verses. First, John came, proclaiming that there was one more powerful than him who was on the way. Right on cue, Jesus showed up, his first stop being the Jordan River where he found John and was baptized and then sent into the wilderness by the Spirit for 40 days of tempting by Satan and being waited on by the angels. And it's here as Jesus emerges from this wilderness experience that we pick up on the gospel today. Jesus comes right back to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. He then invites the people to repent and believe in the good news. It was the beginning of Jesus' public ministry, where he does what God in him had come to earth to do. To usher in God's kingdom here on earth, which looked like separating the vast divide between heaven and earth, between God and the people. Jesus came to bring God's sovereign rule to earth as it is in heaven, as he would later teach them to pray. Now, this was no small task, to be sure, one that only the Son of God could possibly do. But it wouldn't be accomplished by Jesus' acting alone. The first thing Jesus does right off the bat is find some people to journey alongside of him. He calls some disciples to follow him and form a community of believers who would see what he was doing, who would learn what he was teaching, who would come to do the very things that he was doing. Jesus didn't go to the halls of power to find this community. He didn't go to the religious scholars of the day. He went to the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And he calls some fishermen, Simon and Andrew, James and John. And he tells them to follow him and he'll teach them how to fish for people. And for reasons that we probably, modern day folks, will never thoroughly understand, they actually do it. With just a few words of invitation, they leave their boats, they leave their nets, and they take Jesus up on this invitation to come and see what it will mean to fish for people. What we see, what we learn today is that the call to follow Jesus is a call that is impossible. To answer on our own. If Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, and the Lord, surrounded himself with a community of people, why is it that we would think that we could possibly go out as lone rangers and do it by ourselves? The call to follow Jesus is a call to be in community, to never be alone, to always be fishing for others, to come alongside you, inviting them to follow Jesus too. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of others. God's sovereign rule requires us to be in relationship with the people around us, the people we like, the people we don't like, the people we know, the people we don't know. It's a reign of relationships. There's no way around it. And you know what? Community is hard. Community is messy. Life in community is not always an enjoyable experience. Think for a time that you found yourself with a group of people and it was absolutely horrible. Is there anybody who can't come up with an example, right? We've all been parts of those communities that just drive us nuts. The reality is that life together requires a whole lot of grace, a whole lot of love, of forgiveness, and biting one's tongue. Many times more often than some of us might actually practice, right? It was true for Jesus' community of disciples long ago. And it's still true for us today. But here's the thing. We aren't called to just go live in any old community, any old soccer team or parents group or work club. No, we are called specifically to live in Christian community, which is to say among a group of people who are connected to Christ. The marker of this community isn't idealism, it isn't perfection, it is love. And the great Lutheran theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer says it best in his book Life Together. He says the person who loves their dream of community will destroy community, but the person who loves those around them will create community. And while there have been plenty of times over the ages that the people of God have failed miserably at community, if we start with love, and if we start with the idea that we are called to love all those around us, we'll be off to a pretty good start. So what does the kind of community to which Jesus invited his disciples into, and which we fish for others to join us, actually look like today? Today? What does the kingdom of God coming near mean for us in this room, in this very moment in time? Let me offer a glimpse of the messy work of fishing for people and living together in Christ that I recently got to witness. It started a few weeks ago with a text message one morning from one of the kids who used to be in my youth group at my previous congregation. I showed up in my previous call as their intern. I was young, I was energetic, and I thought things like Bible studies on the youth group ski trip was the greatest idea ever. Let me tell you, my senior high kids did not think so. Okay? We had a bit of a rough start together, but eventually we formed an incredible relationship between these girls who were in the youth group and myself. And now my my kid is all grown up, she's married, she's moved away, she has a family of her own, she's a newborn baby. And she texted me one of those really generic, hey, how are you? Like 9 a.m. on a Monday morning. And it didn't take much back and forth before I realized that life as a new mom with a baby in a new city was a bit overwhelming. And so our conversation finished, and I sat at my desk, and I got out my calendar, and I thought, how is it that I'm going to make this visit? Because I need to get there to see her. She's several hours away. And I looked at my calendar, and I talked with Ben, and there was no way I was getting out of town. So I did the next best thing. I got on the ELCA website, I plopped in our zip code, and I started looking, and I had two criteria. I needed a church that worshiped more than 100 people on a Sunday morning, or I needed a pastor who I knew. And so I went down this list, and I found this woman I went to seminary with like 15 years ago, was the last time we talked to one another, and I sent her a note out of the blue. I said, here's the deal. Hey, by the way, how are you? Here's the deal. I've got this woman, she's in your town, she's totally overwhelmed, can you help me out? Within 24 hours, that pastor was standing on my kid's doorstep, holding a casserole, walking in her door, picking up her fussy baby, and rocking her. 24 hours. That is the power of Christian community. That is the messy work of fishing for people. That is what it looks like to be connected in Christ and to know that that connection alone is what drives our relationships. In in her adult years, my youth group kid hasn't been much of a churchgoer. I was very upfront with my friend. I said, I doubt she is coming to your church. But when I texted my kid, I said, guess what? I found you a church. You weren't looking. And I found you a pastor. And she texted me back later that night, and she said, thank you so much for your friend. She has kept me sane the past two days. She didn't show up on her doorstep once. She showed up again the next day. And she continued to stay in touch and be the church. My kid is probably not stepping foot in that sanctuary this weekend. Never underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit but it's going to take a lot of Holy Spirit. But you know what? She has been caught. She has been caught by a God who never stopped reaching out to her. She has been caught by Jesus' disciple who was all about the messy work of going to fish for people, and she is now part of a net that is never going to let go of her as long as she's in that community. And I know, it's really easy to sit there and say, but she's a pastor. Yeah, She is, because quite frankly, that's what my networks are. But she could just as easily be one of you. She did not show up on that girl's doorstep with a home communion kit. She showed up with a casserole. She didn't show up to preach a sermon. She showed up to rock a fussy baby. You don't have to go to seminary to do that. Any one of you could do the exact same thing. So, brothers and sisters in Christ, here's the deal. When you're called to follow Jesus, you are never going to be alone. You are always going to be about the work of building a community who is connecting to Jesus. You're always going to be filling those nets and inviting others to come along. So, the question is who are you going fishing for this week? Who in your life right now needs to experience the power of community and the promise that they too are never going to be alone? Who do you know who's waiting and hoping and longing for a glimpse of the kingdom of God coming near to them? Pray about it. Watch for it. There is someone in your life. You might know who that person is right away. It may take you till Wednesday of thinking and watching and praying for it to be revealed. But I promise you, each and every one of us has our someone who God is nudging us to go out and get fishing for this week. You have been called to follow Jesus. And that means fishing for people too. Offering an invitation to others to be connected to a community in Christ. Let's get to work. Thanks be to God. Amen.